It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. on a Monday we welcome you in and just quickly I, I there's a couple of news and notes I want to get into to start this first five minutes here Michael uh, but the big news of course as you know and you were talking about it yesterday here on the Lombardi line we're here every Saturday and Sunday not just football season we're here every Saturday and Sunday straight up uh, but Carson Wentz he's going to be done for five to 12 weeks if I told you he's going to have surgery on the foot remember they host Seattle Circa's Flipped the number from Indianapolis lane two and a half to Seattle lane two and a half. Books are starting to follow suit on that. If I were to ask you, you've seen these injuries before. Is it closer to five or is it closer to 12 weeks for Carson Wentz? You know, I would always err on the side of caution when it comes to foot injuries because you just never know. There's so many bones in the feet that cause problems. And I think the real question is, are they going to put a screw in there? You know, I, I never heard there was a loose bone particle. This is like foreign to me. I've never really had that. Either you broke a bone in your foot or you didn't. If they're taking out a bone, a particle of the bone, or there's some kind of damage, you know, then to me, that means they don't actually have to repair the ankle or the foot. They just have to remove something, and then it becomes a pain threshold, right? So I would lean, if there's no screw, I would lean closer to the 5. If there's a screw put in, I lean closer to the 12, and I think that's probably why there's such a variance. Again, I'm not a doctor, but when it comes to foot injuries for players, which is what they live their life with, pushing off and being able to exert power from their lower body, that's always very difficult to understand, especially when hardware has to go into the ankle. So William Hill has given Michael a challenge to rank the 32 quarterbacks. I, I, I'm spacing this out. If we can get it done by Saturday, we'll have it for you on the Lombardi. That could be really fun. He said that Carson Wentz is a bottom five quarterback. Carson Wentz, you don't have to give it away right now. And just my estimation is not bottom five. We'll see. I won't even lead the witness here. Um, I have a beef to bring up with you. Is that okay? I Usually I like to be sure, nice to you. Sure, let's do it. Um, you know, you, you're one of the nicer guys. And I think people don't realize behind the scenes, how kind Michael is, how generous he is, how he, he really helps people. He uplifts people, but straight up and down, you're a jerk when it comes to Jadavion Clowney. So Clowney and Steph <laughs> sent us, <laughs> I don't know if Steph sent us this vid. 
Clowny, somebody said Clowney's looking scary good at Brett Brown's training camp where he's going through the pads and he's falling all over himself. Michael retweeted and said, thanks to all who sent this. Like, what is your issue? Like, you hate that guy. I, again, I like to, I would like to clarify my issue. My issue is not with Clowney. <laughs> my issue is not with Clowney. It's not. I'm sure he's a wonderful man. Sure. My issue is with the propaganda around Clowney. The perception that it gets attached to him, that spews constantly on Twitter, and you hear it on the from announcers. You know, like this is the greatest. Pl-. No, stop, please. He hasn't played well in a few years. He's been injury prone. Right? Teams have said they don't want him anymore because of the injuries, the shoulder, the knee, all those things. Clowney at one time, when you're offering the Dick Vitale superlatives, was deserving of them. Today, that's not the case. And my only point to it is, can we stop it? Can we reevaluate all the time, or do we constantly have to talk about it? I mean, look, Patrick, you watch the NBA draft. I watch the NBA. It was every, every player was great. Every player was tremendous. You read Twitter every day. Every player's having a tremendous camp. There's nobody better. Everybody's Dick Vitale having great camps. You know, no one's looked great. And and the funny thing is, when I was in the league and I would read some of the comments about the evaluations of practice after, I would laugh. I mean, they're so far off, it's not even close. Like, it, it's not even close. So I tend to temper things, and my temper of things, especially when it comes relating to Clowney, is simply that, as I think that he is, he's not responsible for it. He didn't do anything for it. So I'm not mad at him. I'm mad at the hoopla that surrounds him. That is fair. I just, I looked down and I saw you tweeting about it, and I laughed. He's, you know, I must have had like five tweets from it. I mean, like people literally, uh, I got private messages on it. Like, I mean, it's like, seriously, and the guy fell over bags. He didn't look very good going through it. No, now, look, to me, I mean, as, as, a betting, as a betting network, I mean, if you're betting Cleveland on the over 10 and a half, if you're betting Cleveland on the Super Bowl prop, if you're betting all those things, he's got to look good. Poor Jadavion. Svisen, the Sports Betting Network, the Lombardi line. I'm Patrick Maher. He's Michael Lombardi. As we say hi and plenty to do, Carson Wentz is the big news. He's going to be out 5 to 12 weeks with a foot that was going to be rested. It's not going to be rested anymore. It's going to be rested after surgery. So we've discussed that a bunch today. Yeah, that, that never made sense to me, though, Patrick. Like, it had to be a bone injury, right? You don't rest bone injuries. Like, they, bones don't heal on rest. That's exactly Either right. they're broken or they're not. You know, and so that never really made a lot of sense to me. But, you know, this loose particle, like, I, I don't know. You know, like, I, it, it, if he had a loose bone dangling around in his foot, like, like I, I don't know. I mean, if they just take out the loose bone, does he lose stability? Do they have to replace the loose bone? Do they have to put screws in to make sure that his ankle is, is strong? Those are all the questions that I don't know anybody has the answers to, at least in the media. I know the doctors of Indianapolis Colts do. That's probably why that timeline is so severe, because they're not going to know until they get in there. Well, it's funny you brought that up, because I was thinking I was going to ask you. I was driving in. I'm like, you know, whenever as a fan – and a fan of, you know, let's say a Lions, and there's a player that either has a surgery option or a rest option, I'm always like, just get the surgery. Let's go 100% and fix this, and we'll, and we'll deal with the time. Where, yeah. where, front office, do you, do you have that dance a lot? Well, I mean, if surgery is inevitable, let's just get it over with, right? right? Let's just I mean, start right? here. I mean, it's, you know, and so, like, if that's where we're headed, but if, if we can get to where we need to get to without the surgery, certainly you would like to do that. You know, but if, if we feel like it's going to, the chances are he's going to need surgery in the off season. Now, if it's in the season and like, let's say, let's say, let's take my man uh, from my former team, the 76ers and beat, he had a torn uh, meniscus, correct? Didn't he have that in the playoffs? Yes. It was a lot of pain in the game that he couldn't make the layup and he couldn't get his elevation because of that. Has he had surgery since the off season, Patrick? I know he's eaten. Of but course I don't know he hasn't. <laughs> of course he hasn't. Of course he hasn't. Because when you have a, a slight meniscus tears, or typically players have them in their in there, and you only operate on that as as if it becomes kind of like attaches itself, and you can't extend your knee, and your knee gets locked. So those are cases where you know let's not do surgery. Let's keep playing. Pain threshold. Can we tolerate it? 
and let's get through the season and we'll fix it in the offseason. Same thing with Brady. I mean, Brady had the MCL last year. You know, he kept playing because he's like, what am I going to do with the MCL? MCL sprains are usually, I just have to rest them. That nobody goes, only if it's completely torn, do you go in there and repair it. It appears to me Embiid was confused in the postseason because as much as he was laying down on the court, I th- he, th- he thought he was on the operating table. Fair? That's right. He must have. I mean, he hasn't gone. No, nobody's brought that up. You know, all the people that said what an incredible, what he's doing is incredible playing. With. Of course, that went out the window when we found out Brady played like eight weeks with a torn MCL. <laughs> you know, it just went right out yeah, the yeah, window. Yeah. I know. That's hilarious. Um, okay. And my apologies for bringing up the 76ers. I should have mentioned the Heat. The Heat are in the front. Please do. Please do. <laughs> Kyle Lowry looks like. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for tonight. I can't wait to see what we got in store, you know? Free agency opens. See with Kyle Lowry. It opens 6 o'clock your time, 3 o'clock my time, I believe. Yeah, and then I this the, the NBA has the craziest rules. I mean, it's the you can't talk to them, but you can't. Do, I mean, like, seriously, Woj's Twitter is going to be blowing up tonight. Shams and Woj's Twitter account. I mean, it's just going to be filled up with all these. And I, I listened to Bobby Marks today on Twitter, and he gave a little blurb on what was actually going to happen. I think there's 160 guys that are free agents out there. And he said by midnight tonight, there will only be 40 left. He's probably right. So, couple things. And it's our job to figure out how they all fit together. Right? How does all these pieces fit? Westbrook, Lakers. Now, I'm told the Lakers are going to sign a lot of minimum guys. They get Dwight yeah, Howard back. They're going to just try to. They're going to fill out their bench with a lot of these minimum salary guys, and they've got it already lined up. So, I'm sure Will's been working on that tremendously when he's not working on his baseball picks. I'm sure he's got that all lined up as well. <laughs> they, they have to. The way that free agency works, oftentimes it's guys that are willing to take the minimum. You know the the mid level. Right. So who's as far as mid level exemptions? You know, last off season you had Ibaka, Harrell, Thompson took the mid level, but it, it's more about guys that are just being added. The big names. Um, we told you, uh, Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard opted out of his contract. Looks like he's probably going to resign with the Clippers, but everybody I, says he's going back to the Clippers. Everybody says, which I, I don't understand if he opted out. Does that mean he gets more money? I mean, I think that's sometimes yeah. guys opt out so they get paid more, which I'm sure that was probably part of the deal when he got traded to the Clippers. Yeah. He'll opt out. He'll sign a longer deal and get more money. He'd prefer the Clippers move to San Diego because that's where he, yeah. <laughs> he's hanging out with Phillip Rivers. And, and wondering this new contract, will, will, will he get his own suite? You know, like that he can kind of, it probably has his own suite at the Staples Center, right? I'm sure he does. I'm sure. He, and he was, his, yeah. his, his personality is electric and he was going nuts during the postseason. Hey, by the way, Russell Westbrook with the Lakers. No, thank you. And I like Russ. Yeah. Steph, you just told me. I'm with it. you, Patrick. Why? I mean, I like I said, I never thought that Buddy Heald trade was real because it made too much sense for the Lakers and no sense for the for for the for the Kings, you know. And so, and I like that kid the Kings drafted in Davion Mitchell. Now, I do think they're going to trade Buddy Heald. I think there's no doubt they're doing that. But the Kings are going to be one of these teams. Is what do they decide to do as they move forward? You know, are they going to be close to the luxury tax? Where are they headed to? You know, they're usually notoriously very cheap. And I think they're going to try to make this t- heel trade. Now, who they get back, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of reports now on Twitter, accurate or not accurate, that, you know, Tobias Harris got turned down for a trade to Houston. They're talking about him trading them to the Kings. So I, I think there's a lot more trades that are going to happen once free agency settles. University of Michigan one time started five freshmen. I think the Kings are going to start five guards. Because the way that yeah. they're built right now, they are guard heavy. Odds to win the MV, and no, that's MVP, guys. We'll, we'll, don't worry about that because I want to transition anyway. We'll get to more basketball as soon as we find out as these numbers settle in and free agency concludes. For two things, and then we'll move on. One, did you see Simone Biles is going to compete? I think the balance beam. Am I yeah. correct on that? Yeah, I saw that. I saw. I didn't know what event she's going to do, but. Uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, it sounds like she's feels she feels better to do that. I, I think, you know, obviously, you know, I don't know what's in her head and what's going on. I mean, I I I love to watch her in between all the commercials. I would love to watch her, you know, <laughs> but there are. I mean, you know, 
Did you watch it last night? Did you watch am, any of it last night? I have to, unless somebody they ran me, the 200 meters. I know, I know. They ran the. I was watching the women's 200 meters. It was fun. It was enjoyable. You know, it was the, it was a qualifying heat, so they didn't really go all out. We got one race. We went to seven minutes of commercials. We came back. We got the inbox commercials over to the right. Then we got another race. We go right back to commercials again. I mean, it's really the commercial Olympics. I mean, you can basically as much like as Bill I, Berman said to me yesterday, like like Bill Berman said to me yesterday, if I just buy a Toyota, can we just get rid of all the all the goddamn ads? I mean, seriously, if we all just buy America. Toyotas, can we just get it? Yeah, dude. Listen, I love America, but my friends call me Benjamin Franklin at back home. the The problem I'm not watching. Like, I got a couple of guys that'll text me some plays on the Olympics, and I'll bet them. But I, you just said it. It's too disjointed. The experience of watching it, also with the time. I know I'm going over old material, but it's just, it's a ponderous experience. No doubt. And I mean, the time difference makes it challenging. And, you know, look, I, I, I admire watching these athletes, the way they compete, the conditioning of them is really fun to watch. Unfortunately, it's, it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch with all the commercials. Okay, now this is going to transition oddly, but you'll see where I'm going with this. Allegiant Stadium, which okay. is gorgeous, gorgeous here in Las Vegas, hosted a game yesterday, the Gold Cup, which is huge in soccer. It's for CONCACAF. I won't get into the details, but USA beat Mexico. There is a just an absolute influx of young, really good American talent. Pulisic, we know, with Chelsea and others. Um, but they beat Mexico in extras last night, one to nothing. I bring that up not because I want you to talk soccer. I bring it up because Allegiant Stadium not only looked awesome, but it was the first time we really saw it packed with fans and the acoustics were awesome. That brings me to the Las Vegas Raiders. Rain check on 2020, mm -hmm. eight and eight team. Can I sell you on this team? And I'll start here and I'm going to let you run with it. The Chargers, coaching change, new offense. The Broncos, quarterback questions, to say the least. The Chiefs, eventually those teams that have so much success start to get, not necessarily bored, but it becomes something where there needs to be a re-energy, you know, psychology-wise, there's a re-energized. Um, and by the way, they got beat by the Raiders at Arrowhead and lost by four. The Raiders just lost by four to the Chiefs last year at Allegiant, so they're not afraid of the Chiefs. Can we? Can I sell you on over seven wins on the Raiders? You know, I, I would lean towards the over there. I do. I think they're an eight and nine team. I mean, look, Gruden is is nineteen and twenty nine in his career with the Raiders. He he hasn't. You know, now they say today he's under no pressure, which you know I don't understand how that's the case. But you know, when you got a hundred million dollar contract in seven more years, I guess that is the case, right? So, but when you break down this team and you look at them last year. You think, you know, they could do some things really well offensively, but they couldn't stop anybody defensively. I mean, it became the same problem. And Paul Gunther paid a price for it, you know, and, and he got fired. And they bring in Gus Bradley, who, to me, John, the head coach of the Raiders, moved the ball effortlessly against the Chargers last year, you know. And they were able to do things to them that, you know, it was a, kind of an easy game plan. I have real doubts about them. I, I don't think they're good enough on defense. I know I know that, you know, they had a better draft and everybody's high. I, I hear Mike Mayock talking about their offseason and how good it was. They also told me last year that they thought Malik Collins was a generational talent at three technique. I mean, come on now. You know, like, tell me where you've really improved on defense. Tell me how you've improved. You've simplified the scheme. Okay, you've gone from Gunther's scheme, which is trying to take advantage of some different coverages, to playing Gus Bradley's scheme, which everybody in the league wants to play. You know, it's a zone-based scheme with the, 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 you know where the three technique, you know where the one is, you know the free safeties, and it relies on the strength of your talent. Is your talent good enough? You know, and, and last year the Raiders, I mean, they gave up seven and a half yards per pass attempt. You know, they gave up 28 touchdowns. I mean, opposing quarterbacks had a 95.3 rating on them. They couldn't get off the field on third down. Their defense was 49% on third down last year. And you tell me where they got better, Patrick. And you're saying, well, they got better because they're bringing Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley's not a scheme tactician. He is a he is a guy. I'm gonna. He's a motivational. We're gonna play hard. We're gonna get after the quarterback. He's Rod Marinelli. Instead of playing cover two, he's playing cover three. This defensive front isn't good enough. They gave up 176 points in the fourth quarter last year. 
176 points in the fourth quarter. They just couldn't finish games. You know, they give up that really bad game against Miami. They get beat there. So, look, Gruden's a 43% winning percentage coach since he won the Super Bowl in Tampa. Is that good, Patrick? It's not. It's not great. Okay. Well, but, but once again, mythology says he's great, right? You know, we have that. You know, he's a $100 million coach. That's Mark Davis's decision to pay him $100 million. You know, is he a really good offensive coach? There's no doubt. There's no doubt he's a good offensive coach. But is he a great head coach? 43% winning percentage? I mean, poor Marty Schottenheimer can't get in the Hall of Fame. You know, he's won 200 games in his career in the NFL. Nobody ever called Marty Schottenheimer a great coach. That's true. Right? Nobody ever said he was a great coach. The guy's got 61% winning percentage. He's got 200 wins. It's not even close between Marty Schottenheimer and, and John Drew. Not even close. Marty was a true head coach. He's a great regular. You know, yeah, this guy can't coach. even get in the Hall of Fame. He was a great coach. Um, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. You I, win 200 games in the National Football League. You belong in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, Marty Schottenheimer in RIP. Hall of Fame, central casting as well. Nobody's ever looked more like a, a head coach than Marty Schottenheimer. That's facts. You agree with that. I, no I, I, saw, I, I mean, but you, when you have a 60, I, I, I do. I mean, when you have a 61% winning percentage career. He's great. When you're 43% winning percentage after a Super Bowl of a team that you took over from another coach, that you kept the defense in place, right? So let's go back through it. You leave Oakland, you go down there, you take over a team that's pretty well set, you install your offense, which is really good. Don't don't discredit his ability to coach offense. I'm not. But when you're asking me to go over the, the win totals and think they're a legitimate playoff team, yes, I know Henry Ruggs is, it looks a thousand times better. Yes, I know <laughs> you know that Bra- Braylon Edwards is going to be – yeah, I know all this, right? I, I, I come back to the defense. I come back to the defense. Are they any good? You know, are they any good? Max Crosby, seven sack. Nick Morrow's taking another step forward. You know, Carl Nesbitt had two and a half sacks last year. They paid him big money. They drafted Cleveland Farrell, the fourth pick overall, and now they're talking about he's not even going to start for Terrible. Terrible. He is 114 and 110 in his career. He's four wins, seven wins, and eight wins, Gruden, with the Oakland slash Las Vegas Raiders. The telltale sign of a well-coached team, they get better as the season progresses. Last two years, they've fallen apart late in the season. However, I was digging through um, a couple of things here. One, will the Raiders make the playoffs? Yes, it's three to one. No is minus 360, so obviously no the favorite there. The schedule, they have the seventh toughest strength of schedule, and we'll throw this up here. The end of the schedule, the end of the year is tough, but just four total 1 p.m. kickoff games where they've traditionally been bad, and they only travel out east twice, the Steelers and the Giants. I'm looking for every reason to bet the over seven on the, on the Raiders here. You know, and I and I think to me, one of the strengths of their team in the past has been their offensive line. You know, with Rodney Hudson at center, Gabe Gabe Jackson. I mean, when Rand when when uh, when they were building this team before Gruden got there, and and Reggie McKenzie was the general manager, they did a good job of getting that line. That line was pretty good, and, and unfortunately, it's not the same line. And Leatherwood's got to be a legitimate player at left right tackle. Is Denzel Good a really good right guard? I mean, Richie Incognito, is he going to stay healthy? Two of their starting guards are over 30 years old. Let's discuss it. And what are let's, they doing let's, with let's Kenyon Drake? Can let's you explain con- that to I me? Gonna, I like Kenyon Drake. I thought that was under – it wasn't McKenzie an old offensive guard, by the way. He built a line because he was a lineman. We'll come back. We'll continue with the Raiders. Yeah. And, and I'll pin him down on that win total of seven. He's Michael Lombardi. This is Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lombardi Line, proudly presented by BetMGM. We welcome you in on a Monday. A lot going on today, Michael Lombardi, actually. Um, so the Carson Wentz yeah. news, I'll, I'll come back Always to that. Always is. Seems, it, it does. It, it feels well, like today I mean, it's is gonna busy. Be even more. Yeah, it's going to be even more because tomorrow I think a lot of these teams will be putting pads on. And then once we get some pads on, I think we'll start to see guys start to miss this day or that day. You know, we'll start to see a little bit of of, of uh, the injury conversation coming up and teams will get a better idea about their team, what they're doing and how they look. You know, it's going to be great. Well, this will be what our third year for a football season. I was back home talking mm-hmm. about, you know, them adding a 17th week. I'm like, for us, I mean, it's just another week of live bullets. That's going to be awesome when we it's get, so I mean, good. what do we have? 23 straight weeks of live. I'm, I'm excited to get there. And when we get there, we'll be watching the Raiders. Now, Michael has been discussing the Raiders. It, it, he feels like an eight, nine team. Their win total set at, was it seven? Yeah. I'm, most, most books have it at seven. It's one ten up and down. So that seven is pretty consistent and staying right there at BetMGM. Uh, you mentioned Kenyon Drake. So, 
I actually wrote him down as a big time positive. He rushed for almost a thousand yards last year, four and a half average. Um, added in the backfield with Josh Jacobs, and you know they want to run the ball. What was your take on that pickup? I just don't know. I, I, I think when you take Jacobs off the field, right, and you put Drake on, have you gotten better? Now, maybe they're going to use Drake a little bit in the slot. Well, what does that do with Hunter, Hunter Renfro? You know, uh, where, you know, where are we going? This is classic John. I got, I got all these guys I got to get the ball to. Who, who really needs to get the ball? The ball needs to go to Waller. The ball needs to go to Jones. You, you know, that's who the ball needs to go to. Oh, excuse me, Jacobs. That's who needs to get the ball. You know, Booker had 93 carries last year as the backup runner. And, and, and Jacobs was out. And Jacobs had 273, under four yards of carry, though. Look, I think this is my biggest concern about the Raiders is it, if you can't play defense well enough, you can never get control of the game. You never get control of the game. And so every week, you're always susceptible to losing a game because your inability to get control, right? So you can go into Cleveland and win 16 to 6, but in reality, the wind helped you gain control of that game, not your defense. The wind was your really best opponent. And then, you know, you almost beat Kansas City. You got a chance to beat them, and they beat you late. And then you fly across the country to Atlanta, and you get beat 43-6 to because you turn the ball over in the dome excessively. To me, I think that's part of the issue. There's the inconsistency show up with your team, and I think that that's really the biggest problem that I have. And, you know, look, Carr is a guy that I think has gotten better under Gruden, there's no doubt. His yes. yards per attempt has shot way up, right? He's no longer taking the check down. But the guy is still a liability with the ball in the pocket. you know how many times he fumbled last year, Patrick? How many? Eight, 16 games. He, he, every other game he's going to fumble in the pocket. Not good. Eight fumbles. No, he's loose with the ball. He's concerned about the rush. And you add that layer in of where is his offensive line? You know, how good are they? I, I think the Raiders are a 500 team. I do. I think they could win nine, lose eight. I think they could win eight, lose nine. All I'm trying. Is that bad? I don't think it's bad, I but think I think they're bad. tough. I mean, I mean, they're playing in a conference that, that, I mean, the Chargers should be improved. The Chiefs will be improved just because they've added some, some players to their offensive and defensive fronts. And, and Denver, if they get anything out of the quarterback position, is a better team. Yeah, the Raiders and, were... and they beat Denver twice last year. They beat Denver twice last year, you know, and going into Denver will be a challenge. You know, they beat them 37 to 12 and then they lost to them in the last game of the year where they converted the two-point play 32-31. But as bad as Denver was last year on offense, they scored 31 points on them. Yeah, you're very much uh, 28th in defensive DVOA last year. They allowed nearly 30 points a game. So again, they scored what 27 points a game. One thing I want to bring up, Patrick, they lost to the they beat the Jets and should that was one. You know, they said, "Well, we should have beat Miami." Well, you should have lost to the Jets too, if it wasn't for no, stupid right. Greg Williams's play call. I'm trying to get to 8 wins for my bet. Their total set of 7. One thing I want to bring up as an advantage, the the Vegas flu is I real. Do. The Vegas flu, flu is real. VGK, what we found with their opponents is the, the home ice was big here. That's real. When teams are coming to town to Vegas for the first time and they can go out, hopefully with no mask, I'm getting some wins there because teams are partying. I think the differences in baseball, football, and the other sports, basketball, uh, when you're going to Vegas, the coach knows it. He's putting his team out off the strip. Fair. You're flying in. Everybody, you know, you're not going, nobody's going down on the strip. You got one day, you're in, you're out. In, out. That's fair. They're not there. I, I, it, you're right. You're right. But guys can be, um, they can be quite, there's a lot of ingenuity when guys want to get bottle service and other stuff. When we come back, by the way, th there's a big time change. <laughs> there's, Michael knows about bottle service. Ciroc on the table. Big time change with the, uh, excuse me, the Colts. I was going to say the Eagles and Wentz coming up next. I was just looking at the VEASAN college football betting guide. 
when the how deep they go and how deep our our team of analysts go in some of the smaller conferences you wouldn't really jump into is really where you're going to make your money and this is listen you you can do the big 10 you can do the sec yourself you feel like you're an expert get the college football betting guide for conferences you're not really paying attention to and it's only 1999 right now i mean you get heisman hopefuls playoff teams power ratings for every team and it's vcin.com slash subscribe when you get there, you can sign up for an all-access trial right now for free. Again, $19.99 to invest for a whole fu- whole entire college football season is tremendous. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. I'm looking forward to the college football season. You know, we're we're not going to be able to oh, talk me about too. We're not going to be able to talk about it today. But because I just there's a couple things I want to ask you, but we will, whether it be Thursday or Friday, we'll talk about Oklahoma. I think entering his fifth season, I think this is Lincoln Riley's best team because of defensive uh, defensively and obviously Rattler. But um, we'll hold off on that. I think Oklahoma is a legit. Um, uh, obviously, he's been what to the playoff three of his four years there. I think this could be Lincoln Riley's best team, Michael. Um, somebody texted me. Yeah. Oh, please. Fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. And somebody just texted me a, a professional here in town. He said he just saw a nine pop up on the Colts. Okay. So just resetting the big news of the day. Um, Carson Wentz is going to have surgery on the foot. He's out five to 12 weeks. It looks like it's probably going to be more. Let's just say eight. Our, our buddy Mark, Mark Perez texted me. He's watching. Shout out to Mark. He said he, th- he thinks it's going to be eight. Um, so a book has dropped. When the did he get his doctoratorial well, degree? I love that. Well, this you is, know, hey, listen, you know he's styled I, I, to 10 all the time. He's fired. He's, uh, he's t- <laughs> <laughs> Mark, we love you. Um, so uh, wait, so nine is, and Steph said she even thinks that we saw a 10 and a half with Indy. Let's just say we knew it was 10. It was nine and a half when I sat down today. And I think a couple of books are bringing their season win total for the Colts down to nine. Here's the reason why. I don't think the quarterback's on the roster. I'll let you start there. Yeah, I, I think nine. You had, I, I would, you had to move that number. I mean, to yeah. get to 10. You know, with the uncertainty of of Wentz. Now, I do think in that division, you know, they get the Texans. You know, they get Jacksonville, and you know, Tennessee is a good team. How good are they on defense? I mean, as bad as we just destroyed the Raiders' defense, Tennessee was worse. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee's defense was worse than the Raiders last year, if that's even possible. So, uh, for me, I, you know, I, I think it had to go to nine. You know, I think nine is the right number, especially with the uncertainty at the quarterback position and the left tackle position. You know, we're still not sure there. Eric Fisher's out for about eight weeks, you know, and Sam Tevy will be the left tackle. You got a new left tackle and, a, and an unproven quarterback. Those are two things that usually don't lead you to winning. So the the name that's trending, you said Gardner Minshew. And just to be clear, for those that don't realize, so it's Jacob Eason, the second-year kid out of Washington, Sam Ellinger, the first-year kid out of Texas, and they signed Brent Hundley. Those aren't the answers. So you said, which I 100% agree with you and Minshew, Marcus Mariota's name's popping up. Thoughts? You know, I, I think Mariota, and a lot of teams did a lot of work this offseason on Mariota because he was available. He had a ridiculous contract that nobody wanted to trade for, and the Raiders were able to get him down. And, you know, I think there's a feeling where Mariota's just a better athlete than he is a quarterback. Could I think he could come in and, and make a few plays? Yeah, I'm sure he probably could. He did when he came in to fill in for that game for the Raiders. But I don't know about his ability to be a down-and-down down distance quarterback and continue. He's more athletic. He's not a natural leader. Uh, he's a great kid. You know, but I think he was a miss in the draft, partly because he didn't have a powerful arm. That's one. And two, he wanted to run the ball more than actually throw it. And I think that becomes a problem. And then you add another aspect. He's not durable either, Patrick. No, he's not. No. He's not. Um, we're monitoring week one's numbers. It's it's interesting. They just threw up Indy for quarterback undecided. Seattle's in town week one in yeah. Indianapolis. Circa was the first to go to two and a half, laying it with Indianapolis. You're not going to find this very often where at one book you can walk in, you can take two and a half with Seattle. You go to Circa, you're laying two and a half with Seattle. Steph just told me she had a million dollars in her pocket. She's thinking of betting it out of principle. This is one of those weird, it's a it's an interesting spot to be in as a better. 
Can you imagine if you bet this and you go all in on in, on Seattle and then Wilson happens to miss the first game of the season, you know, then where are you? You know, I mean, like, seriously, you just, you know, it looks when it looks so easy, you just want to let. But I'm seeing some, I mean, Circus, not the only book that now has Seattle favored by two and a half. So I think that's flipping. And the and, and what's interesting about this game, too, is the over under totals. Some are at 52. I mean, Circus at 47. Circa? Westgate's at 45 and a half. I know. I mean, there's some there's some at 52. The, this, the over-under on these games are all over the place. Yeah, I got it. You know, I, and at 47, right. I would lean towards the under. Yeah. I mean, because let's face it, if the Colts are going to win games, they're going to reduce the game. They want to play less game. There's no doubt. So, you know, look at it, the, the number, the over-under totals in this game. Or, you know, it started open at 52. And some are at 45 and a half, 47s. I got a 51 and a half. It's like an auction. You know, it's like there's a bunch of, there's random numbers all over. That's one thing they're not in step with is what is the over-under. And I think a lot of it, too, in fairness to the books, how are we calling the games the first month of the season? Are we going to call holding? Because we didn't call it last year, remember? Mm-hmm. And we let the offense kind of have their way about it. Are we going to change what we do? How are we going to call the games? It's so, so much depends on that. Great point by you. 45 and a half at Circa. No, excuse me. 47 at Circa. Our official number. We can go ahead and throw it up there. Seahawks at Colts. I, I'm just am blown away by this. The Colts are still two and a half and 52. It's wild. What do you think they're talking about? Uh, local sports talk radio in Indianapolis right now. Well, they're probably figuring out what is the timetable. I mean, everybody's confused the timetable. I mean, they gave a timetable five to twelve weeks. I mean, could it you, be you more know, broad? Like, by the way, know, hey, I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna get on an airplane. I'm gonna fly to either you know Tokyo or Melbourne. You know, like where am I going? Like it's so <laughs> dramatically different. You know. By the way, did your country win the gold? No, you know who won in rugby? Fiji. Fiji. Well, Fiji's great. I mean, you know, that's the all black team, right? Fiji. No, no, I'm sorry. That's New Zealand. New I apologize Zealand's for usually that. Number so, yeah, one. I mean, that part of the country, that part of the country is very, very interested in, in rugby. There's no doubt. And there are a lot of great rugby players down there. And I brought that up because of course, Michael Lombardi is a um, expert when it comes to Australian rugby, which is, do you think, uh, do you Australian think rules football, Australian rules football, the bill Belichick of Australian rules football while you were gone. Yes. All-star Clarkson got fired. That was your boy. Clarky, my man, I got his ball over here. Yeah. He got fired. The oh, Hawthorne, we need the some, Hawthorne team. Let him go. Tell him we the need Lions. some villains here at V sin coming up next. Josh yeah. Applebaum. <laughs> <laughs> Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. 
Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get a part of BetMGM's Money Monday Club. It's a $10 free bet. Okay, so here's how it works. If you bet 50 bucks, every Monday you're going to wake up, there's going to be $10 free in your account. Go to BetMGM.com. So 50 bucks for the week, which you're going to do easily. Trust me, I just I lost that on the soccer game last night. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 year, years or older. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, Washington, D.C. 1-800-2707-117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, Tennessee. Uh, call or text redline 800-889-9789. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Again, the Money Monday Club, $10 free bet there, bet MGM. We welcome you back. He, of course, is Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. We welcome in Market Insights host. He hosts every show here on VEASAN. He is Josh Applebaum. He'll be around later today. My guy's in the desert. Uh, hi, Josh, first off. And then secondly, we've been having fun with this Carson Wentz news because Circa immediately jumps at week one, Seattle laying two and a half. Right behind me, I can go catch two and a half with Seattle. I want to get your thoughts on that yeah Patrick, this is crazy here so my other thing my other ancillary thing guys great to be with you on a monday patrick michael uh you know also tennessee titans my other you know i'm thinking about uh with this news with carson wentz could be out five to twelve weeks and look at the titans win total uh i go there right now guys it's nine it's over minus 140 a little bit of uh juice there to the over and i think tennessee uh you know they've, they've had 10 wins i think in every year with mike rabel uh, you know, and also this team is, uh, you know, going to feast on some really bad opponents in the bottom of their division with the Texans, with Jacksonville. So uh, that's a big, big news here. Uh, I think Tennessee is the play to go. Almost like, Patrick, when you were gone, the craziness I'm sure you saw with, you know, Aaron Rodgers may retire. Everyone jumped on the futures for uh, for the Vikings there. Ended up not being right as Aaron Rodgers, you know, comes back anyway. But my thing is, hey, maybe now is the time to grab the Titans here. And you guys are right. You know, this game uh, with Seattle, it's crazy. You know, early on you had, 
I think it was uh, it was minus three actually with the Colts, and you had some early money three to two and a half down to Seattle, and now it's completely flipped, guys. You know, with this news here, you I see minus two and a half Seattle. I still see you can get some points with Seattle. Shop around. A lot of a lot of odds are coming off the board, but definitely where you're looking, if you can get the Seahawks with any plus two and a half points still available, that's where I would look right now, Michael. You know, and I think you made a great point about Tennessee and Mike Vrabel's ability because to, to win as many games as he did last year, I mean, with that defense, as bad as they were defensively, and, and I don't think, you know, people understand the magnitude of how bad. I mean, they were one of the worst teams in the National Football League in, in allowing yards on the ground. They almost gave up 2,000 yards on the ground. They gave up, you know, another 4,700 passing. I mean, they were really bad defensively, and they had to outscore people left and right. You know, Green Bay put 40 to 14 on them, but – I think that when you look at their team, they went 11 games with as bad a defense as they did last year, over nine and a half. You might be, you might be right, Josh. I mean, they're going to be a little better on defense. They have to be. We know they could be better on offense with the addition of Julio if he stays healthy. So for me, I think there's no doubt. Hey, by the way, Michael, I was just thinking, you know what would be funny is so Indianapolis, Frank Reich and, and Carson Wentz are sitting in their quarterback meeting and in walks Nick Foles. Can you imagine Wentz like, dude, you again? What are they going to build a statue, a statue outside of Lucas Oil? Get the hell out of here. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody's already all over that. You know, everybody wants Nick Foles on the team. Like, I mean, Nick Foles is another one of these reputational players. I mean, he's great. You know, he's got a statue. Like, seriously, did anybody watch him play last year? Like, did anybody see what he was doing for Chicago and how bad he looked for Chicago that, you know, that they actually went back to MVP Mitch? And, oh, by the way, they were running the Foles offense that they wanted to run. Foles averaged six yards per attempt, actually under six per attempt. <laughs> he had an 80 quarterback rating. You know, we're, we're, you know, we're acting like he's going to be the savior. I mean, it's like really ridiculous. It's just the perceptions that just permeate. And I think you have to be really careful. You have to be really careful about being able to go back and watch some of the games last year before you jump in Cleveland. You know, watch the Cleveland-Kansas City playoff game again if you're betting that game. Go back and refresh your mind on it. Don't try to rely on recall because I think there's some things in that game that why that line is where it is instead of looking at, you know, Cleveland's a good team. I'm going to take the points. Wait a minute. You better go back and watch that game. Just as an aside, I'm not trying to trigger you, but I really think Mitch Trubisky is in a great spot in Buffalo. Uh, yeah, I think he's in a great spot. I love I'm Brian Dayball. Dude, I think playing. he's in a tremendous I'm, I'm, spot. Dude, I'm playing. Let's not go there. I think he's in a tremendous spot. <laughs> no, that, was just, that was just 31, I mean, look, I think, 31 you know, days waiting when, to tell when, that when MVP, When MVP Mitch out-executes you, how good are you at quarterback? <laughs> you I mean, seriously. You ain't that good. Um, preseason, Josh, Hall of Fame game line movement. What do you got? Yeah, so this is interesting. I want to get Michael's take uh, from his experience, you know, looking at these Hall of Fame games. So believe it or not, guys, we have NFL football this Thursday night on Fox, 8 o'clock, Cowboys at Steelers Hall of Fame game. We didn't have it last year. Uh, and I think the approach to me, guys, when you're going preseason, I think you either got to be in one of two camps. Either you're going to grind preseason and you're going to pay attention to uh, coaches' ATS records uh, in preseason historically, looking at Twitter, who's in, who's dressing, who isn't, what quarterback is not going to play, or maybe just one series. Also, line moves. These are, these are all the things you pay attention to. The other camp is just don't touch it entirely because there's a lot of unpredictability, a lot of volatility, uh, and just we don't know what's going to happen. These guys aren't really out there to win. They're to you know, you know, know, look good and not get injured and just kind of get through it. So one thing to keep in mind, Michael, you know, there are four ATS uh, coaches in the preseason who crush it. The top four are Jim are Harbaugh uh, here from the Ravens. He's 33 and 15 against the spread in the preseason. Pete Carroll, 25 and 14 ATS, 64%. Uh, John Gruden, believe it or not, really good preseason guy to bet on, 18 and 8 ATS. And Mike Zimmer, 17 and 8 ATS. So those are your top four when it comes to covering preseason numbers. But I think you're either in the camp of you know, I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to be all in, or I'm just not going to touch it. You can spend that time maybe capping win totals or just getting ready for the regular season. Well, that being said, if you want to bet this Hall of Fame game, guys, I've seen two moves already. Little movement here to Pittsburgh. The Steelers open minus one. They've been bet up to minus one and a half. That kind of tells me, Michael, you don't really have the public, you know, a week out from the Hall of Fame game betting the Steelers. To me, that's sharps. If they can, if they can find a way to cap this unpredictable situation, they look looks like they're leaning Steelers here, maybe with no Dak. Maybe Cowboys resting guys. 
But also, Michael, I want to ask you the total because it opened 34. It's down to 33. And I think our brains are trained to say 33 in an NFL game. That is absurd. But we got to remember, preseason games tend to be a lot lower scoring. If you look at the last decade of Hall of Fame games, here are the totals combined both teams. 23, 27, 44, 30, 17, 38, 33, and 24. So the average combined points in these Hall of Fame games is 29.5. So, Michael, what do you think about just overall betting preseason? Do you touch it? Do you not? And then what do you think of that move to the Steelers and the under? I would never touch the Hall of Fame game because this is not a – it's a scrimmage. It's not a game. It's a scrimmage. I mean, they're going to – the Steelers are going to put out their third-string offensive linemen who are not any good. The Cowboys are going to do the same. And we'll see Ben Finucci running around out there, you, you know, for the Cowboys and what he's going to be able to do. And most of the time, the protection breaks down, so you can't really evaluate the quarterback because you got all these bad offensive linemen in there. And it's a kind of a, a run game a little bit, you know, and so – to me, I, I, I'm not surprised by that low underscore. And Dallas, you know, where are they going to go? Where's Pittsburgh? It'll be Joshua Dobbs versus Ben Finucci, you know? I mean, that's what the game looks like to me. Maybe Dwayne Haskins. We'll see a little bit of Dwayne Haskins. But, you know, the offense is usually a little bit behind the defense when it comes time to play these games. I, I, I would literally stay away. I'd wait for the opening weekend. I'd enjoy this game and, and uh, welcoming football back into our lives Thursday night. But I don't think I'd play it. Josh, I want to give you props on the research on the coaches and the point totals. That was a good job. Hey, you know what I think of, fellas? Yeah. You know, it's been like. I love, the, I love the coaches, though. Yeah. I think he's so right. Zimmer, now Zimmer's in a little bit of a bind. I mean, he's frustrated because he can't get the team to get it. But he wants to win. He wants to build a culture. Same thing with Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, you can't preach competitiveness and then lose preseason games. So I think the coaching thing, and then if you've got good quarterbacks and you have a decent offensive line, you're going to win preseason games. Generally, people's personalities, they tend to lead towards their performance, right? Like the, the Harbaugh's personality would be to try to win games in, in, in the preseason. Uh, Carol, the same. You've mentioned um, this is odd, but whenever I think about this Thursday, I think about that Titanic gif where she goes, it's been 84 years. It's been <laughs> six and a half months, but we feel like, Michael, it's been forever since we've had real football on TV. And can't wait. I mean, you know, without 17,000 commercials. I mean, I know we're going to have commercials. I'm used to those. Lily. Did I mention the commercials? You're, you're have I mentioned Lily. the commercials in the Olympics? Uh, now, yeah. I know. It is. It really is off-putting. Uh, Josh, let's get a couple. Of, and Mr. Baseball, if you have a play as well. We'll start Seattle at Tampa. Josh, what do you got tonight? Yeah, we have a couple of chalky uh, big favorites who are getting really crushed today with some steam. Michael Lombardi's favorite word here today, which I gotta get, I gotta get in, Michael. I'm the countdown. I can really feel the countdown now. Our steam ends because oop, yeah. I mean, we're starting Thursday here. So uh, I like this move here to Tampa Bay, guys. The Rays are a streaky team. When they start getting hot, they can rip off 14 in a row. When they're cold, they can lose seven, eight in a row. So right now they've won four straight. They swept the Red Sox. They're at home today, guys. They opened minus 160. They're all the way up to minus 200. So you've seen. A huge move here toward Tampa Bay. Uh, Non-division home favorites, 62% overall this season. Steam 15 cents or more on a team off a win is 59%. And a lot of good splits to like Tampa Bay right now. They're 28 and 12 as a home favorite. Uh, they're plus 112 run differential. Seattle, what's crazy, Patrick Michael, they're five games above 500. They're minus 56 yeah, run differential. So that kind of tells you, yeah, they're getting kind of lucky and maybe playing above their heads. Could be a time to maybe bet against them. Uh, Seattle 23 and 27 or eight away. Tampa Bay 34 and 20 at home. So huge move here for Tampa Bay. I'll be looking at laying it with a raise today. Anything for you, Mr. Baseball? I'm going to play the over here. Waka, to me, is he's one of those pitchers that has a good game and then he has a bad game. You know, his ERA following a good outing, I think, goes up to 8.53. And if that trend continues, I think the over is playable at least over nine. Well, you're right on the steam because that was better from eight and a half to nine on the total. Fellas, Josh, on today on, excuse me, you're on my guys. Betting across America. Betting across. Or yeah. Probably every show. Michael, I can't keep track. I'm just grinding. Michael, I'll see you <laughs> Thursday. And boy, could I use a break. So I, I can't wait, excited. Patrick. I can't wait. We'll have free agency. Yeah, we'll have the heats. Oof, that break is coming at the right time for me. Michael Lombardi, M. Lombardi. <laughs> M. Lombardi, NFL. Josh Applebaum, Josh underscore insights. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, Ann. We'll see you Thursday here on Lombardi Line. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.